0: Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace at all of our campuses and network churches. We're excited, overjoyed, thrilled that you have come. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here, and just personally so glad uh, that you have made it to church today. Last week, we started up a brand new series called The Five Things That Kill Your Relationships, and in this series, we're talking about relationships in general, relationships with family and coworkers, marriages, friends, all of our relationships as a whole, and the things that so often kill these relationships. Last week, we started off by talking about the fact that we magnify the faults of others and how that kills our relationships. And today, we're going to continue on and we're going to talk about holding on to grudges, how we hold on to grudges. And speaking of grudges, uh, this week, I tried to think about a grudge that I've maybe had in my own life for some time. And uh, well, back in kindergarten, my my family and I, we, we got a brand new set of neighbors, the neighbors before were close family friends, Uh, they were my godparents, they still are my godparents, and a new family came and they had a kid, they only had one son. Uh, and which means that uh, he was spoiled. That's basically what happens when you're an only child. If you're an only child, I hate to be the one to break the bad news. But anyways, he moved next door, and he was a couple years older than my older brother. And so he was older than all three of us combined, and he was also bigger. Well, one winter, my brothers and I, uh, we decided to build the sweetest snow fort of all time. And so we built the snow fort. It was huge. It was awesome. We made like snow bricks, like when you cut the hard snow. With your hand. And so we made this awesome snow fort. Uh, well, remember our only child next door neighbor, okay? We went inside after building this magnificent palace, and he came over when we were gone and he completely destroyed our snow fort. Like, he completely annihilated it. He flattened it out. And I can laugh about it now, but I just remember my brothers and I, all of us crying together, we were destroyed personally. I'm like, you not only destroyed our snow fort, but you destroyed our soul. Well, needless to say, uh, since that time, my brothers and I, we have never liked only children ever since. And so, uh, actually, I'm just kidding. Needless to say, from that time on, we did not like our neighbor. Like, we did not like him at all. We never really gave him a second chance. I feel horrible about it. It, 30 years have passed, and any time that we hear his name, any time we drive past our old house, uh, someone will mention the time that our snow fort got destroyed. Quick fun fact— uh, that guy now works at Shopco. Okay. It's amazing what you can find on Facebook. And this week, when I thought about him, I might have been tempted to go to Shopco and just to, like knock down all the cleaning supplies, you know, like, <laughs> or go to like the folded t shirts and just unfold them, every single one of them, just because. Okay. No, but again, today we're talking about grudges and how we hold on to grudges. And, and when it comes to grudges, we can pretty much have a grudge against anyone, can't we? we? We can have a grudge against our spouse, a grudge against a past friend, a grudge against our boss. We can have a grudge against the weatherman. We can have a grudge against the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially after what they did to the Bengals last week. I mean, we can have a grudge against anyone. And this week, when I tried to picture what a grudge does to us, I I just kept picturing a large backpack and, and us wearing a backpack and Really throughout our day and throughout any given week, uh, when it comes to grudges, when someone hurts us in any way, what do we do? We just kind of pick up the grudge, we put it in our backpack, and we start carrying it around. I was like, gosh, when it comes to grudges, it's just kind of like a backpack. It's like anytime someone offends us, we just kind of pick up the grudge, we put it in our backpack, and we start carrying it around. When someone says something to us that we don't like— We pick up a grudge, put it in our backpack. When someone does something to us, it's like, I'm going to have to kind of put that in my backpack and start carrying it around. When we hear that someone might have said something possibly about us before we even talk to the person, it's like I'm pretty sure I need to pick that up and put it in my backpack. When we find out like what political party someone's a part of, it's like I've never even talked politics with them, but I'm just kind of going to take that and put it in my backpack. When something nice happens to another person, especially if we don't like them. It's like, gosh, I kind of wanted that myself. And so they haven't really done anything to me, but I'm just going to kind of take that, put it in my backpack, and carrying it around. It's like anytime anyone does anything to us that we don't like, we just kind of pick up the grudge, and we just put it in our backpack, and we just start carrying it around. And at first, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, right? Right? at first it doesn't seem like a big deal, but after some time, it's like bitterness and anger just kind of creep into our lives. We've never been an angry person. We've never really been bitter, but it just kind of creeps into our lives, and jealousy and and jadedness, it just kind of comes in, and after some time, these grudges, what do they do? They begin to weigh us down, and they begin to hold us back, and slowly but surely, they begin to kill our relationships with others. But more than even just our relationships, grudges, they begin to hold us down and they begin to like, weigh us down and hold us back when it comes to life. It's like not even just our relationships, but it, it's like my, our entire life is weighed down and we're, and we're held back. And it not only kills our relationships with others, but it also ends up killing our relationship with God. And again, almost out of nowhere, it's like even with the two of the best people, slowly but surely, these grudges, they begin to kill our relationships. Now, before we continue on, grudges is one of those things that everyone else can see in your life, but you can't see in yourself, right? It's like only people who are old, mean, grumpy, and hairy have grudges, and we are not old, we are not mean, we are not grumpy, and there is no hair in our ears or our nose at all. And so like, just a kind of a reality check for those of us who don't like to deal with reality, how do we know if we're holding on to a grudge? It's actually a fairly simple thing. You'd be shocked. You guys are smarter than you give yourselves credit for, okay? Anytime you see a person and you have negative thoughts towards them, I'm just telling you, you might have a grudge, okay? Like when you daydream. If you daydream about about hurting somebody, if you daydream about going to Shopco and knocking down the cleaning supplies, you might have a grudge. If when you're in your car, you're by yourself and you're talking horrible things about another person to yourself, I'm just telling you, I think you might have. A, a grudge. If you just kind of hope that negative things come another person's way, you would never do negative things because you're a good person, right? And you love Jesus, but you just kind of quietly hope and pray that negative things come their way. I just want to tell you, you might have a grudge. And grudges, again, what do they do? They, they weigh us down and they, they hold us back in our relationships with others. And ultimately, they end up killing the relationship. Now at one point, Jesus is with his followers, he's with his disciples, and he's talking to them about prayer of all things. But as he's talking to them, he says this, he says, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. Forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. And this word forgive can also translate to mean to let go of anything you are carrying, to leave behind anything you are holding against another. Basically, Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, and if you are one of my disciples, if you're one of my followers, you need to let go of, and you, you need to leave behind any grudges that you carry against who? Against anyone. Against anyone. If you want to follow me, if you want to be one of my followers, if you want to be one of my disciples, you need to let go. You need to leave behind any grudges that you are carrying. Okay, so that's pretty direct, right? Now maybe we're wondering, well, how do we let go of grudges then? Grudges is one of those things most of us, if not all of us, carry. It's like, so how do we let go of our grudges? Like, Pastor, I really actually want to let go. Uh, I want to let go of a grudge. How do we leave behind our backpacks so we don't have to keep wearing them in front of our church? Like, uh, how, do we, how do we do this? And with this, there are so many different things we could say today. And there are so many different Bible verses that we could quote, but today we're going to keep things super practical, and we're just going to mention three specific things that we can do to let go of the grudges in our lives. And for our first point today, we're going to start by addressing the petty grudges that we hold on to, and we're going to get to the bigger grudges here in, in a second, but I just want to, want to start with the petty grudges, and I'll just say it, oftentimes we hold grudges over some of the stupidest things. Like, just to kind of tough love with all of us, myself included, sometimes we let the stupidest things do so. And we let tiny little grudges kill our relationships. I mean, it is crazy. You've maybe seen it in your own life, in a friend's life, maybe in your own life it specifically. It's crazy what will divide entire families. Crazy. It's crazy what will divide t- entire groups of friends. And t- entire groups of coworkers. It's crazy what we'll do so. And so we're gonna start with some hard truth. And the first thing is this: if we want to let go of a grudge, a petty grudge, we first need to start by getting over ourselves. Again, when it comes to grudges, specifically tiny grudges, how do we let go of grudges? It starts with getting over ourselves. Yes, you need to get over yourself, and so do I. I need to get over myself. If you're anything like me. Oftentimes, when I try and figure out why I have a grudge in the first place, 50% of the time or even higher, I can't even remember why I do. It's like, I don't even know why I feel this way about this person. Like, I don't know why I have this grudge. Ever have have that with your spouse or a close friend? It's, It's like, I'm upset with you and I'm going to ignore you, and I don't even remember what it was, but you are terrible and a horrible human being. Like, have you ever had that with your spouse? I mean, just to put it nicely, so often, when we start looking into a grudge, we come to realize that we are being what? A complete idiot. Oftentimes, when we actually begin to look in our bag and figure out why we have grudges, we come to realize we're acting like a fourth grader, and by saying we're acting like a fourth grader, it actually gives fourth graders a bad name. When we start looking into our grudge, we come to realize that so often there's actually nothing at the basis of our grudge or whatever it is is so small and so insignificant that we are the ones being a fool. And yet, thankfully, as followers of Jesus in these moments, if we're staying close to Jesus, he loves us enough to call us out. I'm so thankful for this in my own life. When we're being stupid, when we're just being complete fools, when we stay close to Jesus, when we're we're close to him, he's so kind, like he loves us enough that he's willing to call us out and he's willing to keep bothering us and kind of keep hounding us and bothering us until we realize the depth of our foolishness. Again, we need to get over ourselves. It's crazy. We live in a day and age when we're offended by everything, and how dare they treat me this way? And even, do I, even though I do it all the time, I've never been caught, how dare they say that and do that to me? And we live like the world revolves around me, myself, and I. And yet when we follow Jesus, it's no longer about us, and we're told that it's no longer I that lives, but instead it is Christ who lives within me. I've been crucified with Christ. One of my favorite authors says, Christians should be the least offendable people in the world. Again, it's not about, not about us. And so just a quick question for all of us across campuses, network churches. I just want to ask it in an honest way. Are you a person who's easily offended? Again, it's just a really simple question. I just want to ask you, are you a person, not, not the person with you, not a friend, are you a person who's easily offended? Like, you're quick to get defensive. You're quick, like, to put up your gloves. Like, are you a person... Again, are you a person who's easily offended? Because just to be crystal clear, the moment we start following Jesus, our world, it no longer revolves around us. Instead, it only revolves around him. And that's a very good thing. And he, the one the world, the one the world revolves around, actually, he tells us to consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kind. That's powerful, right? And so do we want to get over a grudge? We might want to start by getting over ourselves. And so that's the first thing, but moving on, there are a lot of other grudges in our lives that are not so petty, right? Not so petty. First point, there's some petty things, but there's other things that are not so petty. Times where we've truly been hurt and walked on. Times that we've been taken advantage of. At times, times that we've just plain been screwed over. I found it hurts the worst when it's by the people who are closest to us. And so secondly, in these situations, how do we let go of a grudge? We need to leave it behind. When it comes to the bigger things, how do we let go of a grudge? We need to leave it behind. What did you say, pastor? We need to leave it behind. How can you even say that? We need to leave it behind. Pastor, you have not heard at all some of the crap that I have gone through. Again, I just wanna say, we need to leave it behind. Going back to the first verse that we looked at, here's more of what it says. Again, Jesus is talking to his followers and, and his friends, and he says, when you are praying, First, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. As we said, this word forgive here, it means to let go of, to to leave behind, to take off our backpacks and leave it completely, leave it all behind us. And hear this. If there is anyone who could rightfully carry around a backpack towards another person, if there's anyone who could rightfully, like, put on a backpack and just fill it with grudge after, grudge after grudge after grudge after grudge after grudge, who would it be? It would be Jesus against all of us. Again, if there's anyone who could rightfully wear a backpack all day long and just keep putting on grudge after grudge after grudge after grudge, it would be Jesus against us. Jesus against you. Jesus against us me our baggage our crap our sin our mistakes our regret and yet what does jesus do with our baggage he takes it all every part of all of our sin the worst of it and he and he lays it at the foot of the cross and he leaves it completely behind Again, the only one who could rightfully wear around a backpack towards you, the only one who could rightfully wear a backpack towards me, he takes our backpack and he puts it on the cross and he leaves it all behind. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for that. All week long, I'm like, God, I'm just so thankful. You don't carry around baggage towards me. I'm so thankful that when I meet with you, Lord, I don't see the backpack of my sin on you. I'm so grateful, God, that you are a a God, that you, Jesus, do not hold on to grudges against me. I'm just so thankful for that, Lord. Like every part of me, I'm just so thankful. And so there's that, and to be clear in these verses... Jesus isn't saying that God will only forgive us if we forgive others. He's not saying that. Instead, he's saying that as my followers, because you have been forgiven so much, you have to forgive others. Like our only response to the love and forgiveness that God has shown us is that we have to love and forgive others. We have to. And if we don't, it impacts our relationship with Jesus. Jesus. Like, we are less like Jesus and we are further away from Jesus whenever we're wearing one of these things. Anytime we're holding a grudge, anytime we're, we're carrying things around, we are less and less like Jesus and we're also further away from, from Him. Remember, this is Jesus we're talking about. As Jesus is being killed on a cross, He's saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the people He's talking about are the people who are nailing Him to a cross. Our God, our Jesus is not a grudge carrier. So when we do carry them, we look less like him. He is not a grudge carrier. He can rightfully hold a grudge towards you, rightfully hold a grudge towards me, and yet he's not a grudge carrier. And time we carry a grudge, we are less and less and less like Jesus. And hear this as Christians, we can know all the right Bible verses and we can have the perfect church attendance. But if we truly and deeply want to follow Jesus when it comes to grudges, we have to let go to him. We have to leave them behind. Like, if we want to get near the heart of God, but pastor, have you seen my small group attendance? Have you seen how much I've tithed? If we truly, though, when I want to deeply follow Jesus, if we want to move past the surface when it comes to grudges, we have to leave them behind. And I'll just say it for us. This is radical stuff, folks. Forgiving people and letting go of grudges with people who have truly hurt us is radical. And it makes no sense And yet it's one of the defining marks of being a follower of Jesus. Early Christians were known for people who were quick to forgive. As their friends were being killed for the sake of Christ. They were known as a a body, as, as a church that was quick to move forward, quick to forgive. Quick to move forward, quick to forgive, and again, and again, and again. And when we live this out, when we live this way, the world turns its head because it can't believe it. When we live a life of forgiveness, people can't help but notice. Maybe you remember it. About 10 or so years ago, a gunman went into an Amish school, and he just started shooting. Ended up hurting 10 girls. Five of them were killed before he turned the gun on himself and shot himself, killed himself. Afterwards, the news just went crazy because the Amish community publicly forgave the man. And even more than just publicly forgiving them and lip service, they actually collected funds together as a community to give to the shooter's family. When all this was taking place, the world just couldn't believe it. There were some who were offended. They were appalled that the Amish would forgive the man after what he had done. They thought it was a scandal. They thought it was wrong. They thought it was foolish. They thought they should not extend forgiveness. On our own, if you don't know what the truth is, we cannot let go. We can't. Our spouse, our family member, they hurt us. Our friend, they wronged us big time. So-and-so did whatever. Again, on our own, we can't let go. But hear this, with God, we can. With God, we can. Only with God, we can. On our own, we can't let go. It's only by God's grace inside of us. It's only by God's strength that we're able to take off our backpacks, lay them at the foot of the cross, give them to Jesus, and leave them completely behind. And when this happens, when we do this, instead of killing our relationships, our relationships begin to heal. When we let go and leave behind our baggage, instead of killing our relationships, our relationships begin to be restored. One more time, we have to leave it behind. We have to leave it behind. And so again, with petty grudges, we need to get over ourselves. With, with, with bigger things, we need to leave it behind. With grudges in general, so often when it comes to our relationships, We just need to move forward. Again, so often we just need to move forward with kindness. Like starting today to start showing kindness to the other person. To be clear, to be crystal clear, forgiveness and moving forward doesn't mean putting ourselves in a bad situation. It doesn't mean putting ourselves in a place where we're going to get hurt again. I mean, if we've been abused, taken advantage of, or the person that we're thinking about is super unhealthy, we need to be wise, and I beg you, please talk with another person. Please talk with a counselor, a pastor before doing anything else. And so I want to make that clear. But in so many of our, our relationships with grudges, we just need to move forward. I love these words from the Apostle Paul. He's talking with a, with a group of Christians, and he just says, Be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. It's so good, isn't it? And so starting today, move forward with, with kindness, serve that person. Instead of ignoring them, instead of, instead of being weird or cold, let go of all the crap, let go of the baggage and approach them and just say, I want to move forward. Starting today, assume the best about the other person. Want to get radical, want to do something crazy, start praying for the other person. Write their name in your Bible, put their name on your mirror, and every single day that person that has wronged you, that person you have a grudge against, just begin to pray for them every single day, whether, whether it's a friend or a family member. This hit reset on the relationships. Let go over the grudge and and just move forward. And and with this, a simple but heavy question for all of us that I just want to ask, who are the people in our own lives that we need to move forward with? Like, honestly, across campuses, who who are the people that we need to move forward with? That's a question for me, too. That friendship, that family member, where out of nowhere there's this, this grudge, maybe it was something petty, it was a miscommunication you had a rough day and you said some things or they said some things when you were having a rough day yourself or maybe it was something bigger. Someone clearly wronged you, intentionally hurt you. Who is that person that you need to move forward with? And my, my challenge, more than deciding who that person is, I I'd, I'd challenge all of us, myself included, today, sometime today, or the next 48 hours, just look for a way to show them Kindness. It can be wise if it's something that's just really, really unhealthy, but for a majority of us, just look for a way today or sometime in the next 40 hours to show them kindness. Maybe it's sending them a note. Maybe it's calling them. Maybe it's reaching out and asking you to grab coffee with them. Again, who, who is it that we need to? And whatever it is, I pray that we'd follow through with whatever God lays on our heart. Closing things up today, a couple of months back, I had a relationship with a friend that just went weird. Ever ever have that before? And out of nowhere, the relationship just felt cold and, and awkward, and it was clear something was, was wrong. And I didn't know what to say or do. Nothing had changed from from my end, and it it honestly just sucked. Well, a few months, uh, a few weeks passed by, and I, I got an email from my friend, and they just asked if we get together. And my my friend just started out by saying, "Adam, I just want to say I'm sorry." For the last couple of months, I've had a grudge against you, and I, I just—I just wanted to say I'm, I've had this grudge, and I honestly don't even have any reasons for this grudge. But I just have this grudge against you, and I just wanted to say I'm sorry. And he ended by saying, "Will you forgive me?" And when he said it, I, I said, "Absolutely yes," and I started bawling. To be to be completely honest. I was just so thankful that he approached me, just thankful that he cared enough about our relationship to do so. And I can't explain it, but as as soon as we got done speaking, it was like a cloud lifted from our relationship. Just like this cloud lifted and definitely some things to still walk through, but our relationship, like honestly, it was was restored. Instead of being dead, it's like right before my eyes, it it came back to, to life my friend left, I sat there at the coffee shop. And all I could think was, Lord, is there anyone in my life that I have a grudge against? And if so, would you please help me to leave it behind and move forward? Again, our grudges, what do they do? They, they weigh us down and they hold us back. And ultimately, they kill our relationships with others. Now, today we're going to close in prayer here in a second. Please feel no pressure to do so. If you're just visiting, if you're with us for one of your first few times, no pressure at all. Across campuses and network churches, though, if you feel comfortable, I want to encourage you just to extend your hands, just like on your sides with your palms up. I just want to encourage you, picture the people that you have a grudge against. Who are those people? Maybe it's one person, maybe it's a group of people. Maybe it's something really petty, and you're you're like, I honestly can't even, it's been so long, I don't even know what started this, but there's just this elephant between us, like, so maybe it's something petty, maybe it's something huge. A friend, a parent, a sibling. Just picture them, and I also just want to encourage you just just to picture the weight of that grudge that you're carrying. It may not feel it on every day, but just anytime you see them, you just, Oh, just feel it. And as we, we close here, I just want to encourage you to hand that grudge over to God. And as we said, it, for some of our grudges, it will take a supernatural movement of the Lord. It's not like I'm just going to be a better person than that person and move forward. It's like, no, God, I like, need your grace because all I have is revenge. All I have is bitterness. I just want to hold on to all this stuff. And so, God, I pray for all of us that, that supernaturally you'd come and, and fill us at this point. But let's pray. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, we, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful, again, that you approach us with kindness. We're thankful that the only one who's able to rightfully carry around a backpack, instead of doing so, you take off your backpack, you take off our, our sin, our pain, our mistakes, our regret, you take it all, you nail it, nail it to a cross, and you leave it behind. And because of that, Lord, we're able to do so towards the people in our lives who have wronged us, who have hurt us, who have betrayed us. And so, God, we lift up these these grudges to you, these petty grudges, these huge grudges, these these grudges from 20 years ago, these grudges from last week, Lord. We just give them all to you. We want to become more like you, Jesus, and we know that we cannot look more like you. We know that we can't become more like you if we're holding on to all this crud. And so, God, Father, I pray today you would move in a supernatural way across campuses, network churches, anybody who's got a grudge that they're holding out, that you would take that, that you would help us to leave it behind, that this week we'd move forward. We'd move forward. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, amen, amen.